The Revolt of 2020 by Patrick Johnston. Copyright 2011 by Dr. Patrick Johnston. Read by Daniel Meyer. By kind permission of the author, this reading of The Revolt of 2020 is available for free distribution. Stay tuned at the end of this reading for more information and links to additional resources. Chapter 23. When David opened the door, Darlene was there to greet him with their two-year-old Mary in her arms. Mary moaned when she saw her father covered in grass and dirt after doing some yard work around Nat's apartment. Ooh, Daddy's dirty. You want a kiss? David puckered his lips and leaned into her. No, she pulled away with a giggle. You sure? He kicked off his shoes at the front door and drew close to her. No, Daddy, no, she squealed. Her four-year-old sister Charlotte put down her book and came to see what caused her sister to giggle. You, Darlene demanded, tiptoe to the shower and don't touch the kids on the way. They've just had their baths. David was on his way to the bathroom when the phone rang. I'll get it, said Charlotte proudly. Hello, she said with the phone to her ear just as she had been taught. After a moment of silence, she heard a familiar voice. Charlotte, let me speak to your daddy. Just a minute. It's for you, daddy, she shouted as she walked toward the bathroom holding the phone aloft. It's Lijah. Darlene grabbed the cordless phone and put it to her ear. Hello? It's me. No names, ma'am. Let me speak to your husband. The sternness in Elijah's voice concerned her. Is everything okay? Let me speak to him now. Okay. She knocked on the bathroom door and David opened it halfway with his shirt off. It's Elijah, she whispered to him with her hand over the phone's microphone. He said not to use any names over the phone. He sounds serious. David grabbed the phone. What's wrong? Call Shannon's cell phone from a payphone. What? Just do it. Do it ASAP. Click. David was confused. It didn't make any sense. Shannon? Does he mean Shannon from the church? They had not been attending Elijah's church to avoid being recognized, but Shannon was a good friend of Natalie's and they were familiar with her. He was deeply troubled by Elijah's frantic instruction. Darlene was laboring in the kitchen waiting for an explanation when David got off the phone, but David walked right past her. What was that about? Gotta go make a call. He grabbed the church directory beside the phone in the kitchen. He went to the foyer and put his shoes back on. Be back soon. But David... I'll be back in a few minutes, dear. With his hand on the doorknob, he turned back to look at her. Don't let anybody in. He slammed and deadbolted the door behind him, and a grim shadow of fear was cast across Darlene's heart. David stopped at the stairs and did some thinking. He turned and went back inside. You're all coming with me. What? No questions now. Come on, girls, we're going out. It's almost their bedtime. Well, they'll be staying up late tonight, David said as the girls began to cheer. We're going to McDonald's. He stared hard at his confused and anxious wife for a moment, unable to comfort her. I'll answer your questions later. Get your Bible. Let's go. When David Jameson was seen at the State House, the FBI confiscated all of the video surveillance footage within a mile of that location. It wasn't long until they found footage of him getting into a car in a parking lot. They researched the license plate and soon discovered where the Jameson family was staying. Stop, Elijah ordered as soon as David spoke his first word over the payphone. Don't talk. With voice recognition technology, it's important that you speak gruffly. Voice recognition technology? What is he talking about? David did as Elijah instructed. Okay, what's going on? He spoke hoarsely. When I called you at your home, I heard three weird clicks, and then someone said, Are we tapped into the Jameson's line yet? Then someone responded, We're in. Then Charlotte said, Hello. What? The feds have tapped Natalie's phone line. They must have tapped into the phone the very second I called. Suddenly it struck David. A television camera must have captured my conversation with the governor or his press secretary in front of the statehouse. They saw me on TV. They have discovered our location. He shut his eyes in self-spite. Now what? Now we've got to leave, don't we? If they've bugged my phone, they know where I am. Here's the question on my mind, David. They referred to the phone line as the Jameson's line. The phone's registered to Natalie. They must know that you were staying there. 
If they know where you are and are bugging the phone, why haven't they arrested you already? You're the main suspect in a bombing that killed the former president of the United States. Why would they bother bugging the phone? Why didn't they just kick down your door and haul you off? David was silent on the other end of the line. He was perplexed. Maybe they're coming to grips with the fact that they don't have a case against you. You know, it probably has something to do with Josh Davis's article. What? This was the main reason I was calling you in the first place. I had to tell you about this article. It's here, David. It's all here. What's here? Evidence that we didn't have anything to do with the bombing. Don't take it to the bank. This is mostly based on circumstantial evidence and anonymous testimony from someone inside Brighton's administration. But this article demonstrates that the president knows that the bombing was an accident and she's placing blame on the pro-lifers to justify persecuting them. A mixture of anger and relief filled David's bosom. He looked at his family, whom he could faintly see through the clear glass wall in the McDonald's, and he smiled at them. That's good news, Elijah, good news. This evidence isn't conclusive, said Elijah. It is one disgruntled journalist and this inside man against the whole federal government. The feds are probably bugging the line to dig up some dirt on us, find something that'll make a major indictment stick. If Congress is going to take these claims seriously, and I suspect they will, they'll be putting pressure on Brighton's administration to cough up some answers, and she's probably pushing real hard for an arrest of somebody, anybody, who's a solid suspect in that Columbus bombing. You know this adds another dimension to our dilemma. What's that? Elijah sighed. That's my sister's phone. They know who I am now, David. They have to know that I'm the connection between you and Natalie, and that I was aiding and abetting you and Jared when you were charged with terrorism and mass murder. They probably know that I am the one who snuck past security and handed Raymond Fitzgerald an aborted baby just moments before his death. David laughed and then disguised his voice again. Welcome, friend. Welcome to the party. Rejoice, for great is your reward in heaven. Dallas, Texas I'm sorry, Mr. Durango, the eavesdropping agent apologized via cell phone. You've got to be pulling my leg! No, sir, they must have heard us plug in. We're being forced to use older equipment right now because we are so overwhelmed. Where are they? Our agent next door said they all got up and left after the call from Elijah Slate. Where'd they go? Don't know. The agent next door didn't suspect that they wouldn't come back. The GPS locator device had been planted in Mrs. Jameson's purse, and she didn't even take it. She left without her purse? And it doesn't look like she's coming back for it. Durango, the director of the Midwestern Division of the FBI stationed in Dallas, cursed the investigator out loud. If the president has a temper tantrum and starts throwing things, I'm mentioning you by name. I want you to know that. Yes, sir, we will remedy this. Let me speak to Phillips. The embarrassed investigator handed the phone to his colleague assigned to the case. Yes, sir, said Phillips. I want you to prepare a team for a raid and investigation of the house. Washington, D.C. When they figured out they'd been bugged, they fled, McDurango informed Todd Hamilton as the bureau director reclined comfortably in his jacuzzi, his index finger holding his spot in Tom Clancy's novel Executive Order. Hamilton held a half-burned cigar in the other hand and wore his Bluetooth over his right ear. A half-filled glass of scotch rested beside him. The owner of the house is Natalie Slate. Her brother is Elijah Slate. He's a right-wing hate monger who's probably been aiding and abetting the Jamesons. We are prepared to raid their home if you agree. Proceed, answered Hamilton. Austin, Texas. No sign of them and no hints as to where they may have fled, the SWAT team leader informed Agent Phillips by way of his earpiece. Agents beside him were tearing apart Nat's home, looking for evidence. They're gone. Another agent walked out of the bathroom after searching it, and he angrily kicked the door shut. Let's knock around some of their church friends to see what they know. The suspects probably stayed discreet with their acquaintances and didn't let on about anything, the team leader responded. Agent Phillips informed the team leader, Get the suspects' files and computers here as soon as you can. We'll bug their acquaintances and family and see what we can find. Washington, D.C. I've ordered a full-scale search for Elijah and Natalie Slate, Madam President, said Todd Hamilton as he stared into his laptop video cam. 
He had donned a shirt, tie, and jacket for the video cam, yet only wore a towel below the waist. His half-drunk cup of scotch and his Clancy novel sat next to the computer. We have a team searching for David Jameson, but once discovered he will remain at large as you requested. That's fine. We've got good pics of this David Jameson fellow next to Governor Adams and his insane press secretary, and that'll help down there. Yes, ma'am. The president continued, Sooner or later, we've got to apprehend and indict David Jameson for the Columbus bombing. Wouldn't that be nice to tie Governor Adams to David Jameson, then convict Jameson for terrorism? Hamilton responded. Yes, it would, answered the president. We don't know where the Jamesons are yet, but the investigation of the home in Austin where they were staying is ongoing. I've got my best men on it. Political connections are absolutely essential to a successful investigation. Yes, ma'am. Do you want us to make the investigation public? Oh, go ahead. Get their pictures out there and tell the public that we suspect the Jameson kids are in danger. That's protocol, Madam President. Thank you for listening to this reading from the Revolt of 2020. This chapter was read by Daniel Meyer and engineered by Park Leacock. The Revolt of 2020 and its sequels, The American Tyranny of 2020 and The Uncivil War of 2020, are available for purchase at docjohnstonnovels.com. That's docjohnstonnovels.com. O Lord, turn us back to you. Forgive our sins and heal our land.